Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the content in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. I'm George Matisek, Digital Editor for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Today, we're going to take a look at some of the ways the Catholic Church is attempting to change Baltimore for the better. Later in the show, Mary Ellen Russell, the newly named Director of Community Affairs for the Archdiocese, will share her plans for strengthening and building partnerships within and outside the Church. But first, we speak with Father James Borick, Rector of the Baltimore Basilica, about a new initiative to dramatically extend the hours the Basilica is open throughout the week for prayer, Eucharistic adoration, and confession. The Basilica is also launching an urban missionary program to reach out to people on the streets. Father Borak hopes the plan will draw people into a closer relationship with Christ and bring peace to the city. Father Borak, it's really exciting to see some of the things that are happening here at the Basilica. Could you tell us about some of your plans? Sure, yeah, there's been a lot of excitement lately. We're really trying to, to just meet the needs of our of our neighborhood and our parish and you know, the Basilica is right in the heart of, of Baltimore, it's in the heart of the city, and from day one when I got here, you know, it kind of hurt me to have to close the doors at four o'clock and to just realize that there's so much going on in Baltimore, so many people that need God, that, that want peace, and that they don't know where to get it. And so it's just been over the course of the last, you know, 12, 18 months is, how can we provide that for people? and especially in the name of the church here in Baltimore, what, what can we specifically do to, to help our city, which needs help, right? I mean, there were a lot of murders, a lot of unrest in our city. And so we've been working with pastoral council, working with the archdiocese, to just kind of come up with a plan to help. And so what we decided to do is, one, we need to be radically open. You know, Pope Francis has challenged all pastors to not close the doors, to keep the doors open to our churches, to let people have a place to come during the day and even during the evening to pray and to experience the peace that Christ offers to be able to have that solace and that sort of oasis that they need in their lives. So we we're trying we're coming up with a plan to really open our doors, to keep our doors open until eight o'clock in the evening, to really have a place for people to come and to experience the, the peace of Christ. We're also trying to really increase our confession times in the evenings to be able to offer adoration a lot more. My, my dream is to have adoration from 8 in the morning till 8 in the evening, every single day, Monday through Friday. Again, to, to let people come and just be in front of God and to be able to come and take maybe five minutes or 10 minutes or an hour and have that chance to pray. So we're working on a plan to really increase the time for adoration, to increase the time for confession, to give people access to the mercy of God. And basically the whole idea here is just to let God do his thing. I don't have the answers to everyone's problems. I myself have my own problems. But we know that Christ does. He has the answer for everything. And he can work great miracles. And he can heal people. And he can do all sorts of things and give people the words that they need. So my job and the parish's job is to to just facilitate that and to open our doors and to let people and to invite people to come in, to let people know that we love them, that we welcome them, 
whether they're Catholic or not, we want them to come and experience the peace of Christ. And you have some plans for the convent as well? There's an unused convent on the campus? Yeah, so right next to the residence, right behind the basilica, is a convent, which at one point was used by sisters who kind of helped in the residence and helped maintain everything in the Archbishop's residence many years ago. And so that, that convent has been sort of just collecting stuff. It's been kind of a, a dumping ground for a lot of different things. And so we decided to, to clean it up and to get it repaired and to really make it an ur- a center for urban missionaries. So over the course of the next year or two, we're going to get it in shape. We're going to bring in some young men who are willing to give up a year of their life to be missionaries, not on college campuses or in a foreign country, but right here in our, in our parish boundaries on our streets in Baltimore. A lot of work to do before that happens. We have to, a lot of educating to do and learning and working with Catholic charities and working with you know so many good people here in the archdiocese and kind of making sure that we're using all the synergies that we have among us to create a, a just a great program where people can go out and just love other people in the name of Christ and the name of the Catholic Church. Not necessarily, again, to solve everyone's problems, but to offer a kind word, to be able to offer the word of Christ to people, to be able to listen and get to know people's names and their stories, and maybe to share a meal with them, or even just to be able to bring people into the, to the truth of Christ and the solace and the goodness that he offers. But to do that in a personal way, you know, Pope Francis has challenged us to personally encounter people. And I think this is one way in which we can do that well. And you haven't done a formal capital campaign on this, but you have had an amazing response to a, an appeal that you made online. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So my former life, I was a, I was a writer and I wrote newsletters, but I also wrote what we call the copy, the letters to sell those, <laughs> those products that we have. And so I just decided, well, I know it works well in the world, so what if I just wrote a package sort of selling the vision of what we're trying to do here? And I called that the Source of All Hope campaign, the Source of All Hope being Christ, being the Eucharist. And basically what I did is I said, look, this is our desire. Our desire is to open up the Basilica to be a radical source of God's mercy and love and His presence in our city, to be able to provide that adoration and that confession and that that time in front of our Lord and also to be able to go out and to provide missionaries. And so I just laid out the vision in this in this letter that I wrote and I, decided, and I sent it to 253 people that I had contacts in my Gmail account and I sent it to the good people here in the Archdiocese and I said this is what we're trying to do. If you think it's a good thing, would you be willing to share it and to let it, just, just, you know, bring other people into this vision and let them know what we're doing and seeing if they would be willing to support it. And it went viral. And I posted it to 253 people in my, or I sent it to 253 people in my email account, my personal account. And I posted an ad on Facebook, or just a post on Facebook. And within days, it had been seen by over 30,000 people. It had been forwarded and shared more than 300 times and liked over a thousand times. So it just resonated with people, which I think is a, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit saying, look, this is not your work, this is, this is what I want you to do. And other people were willing to see that and support that. Our goal was to raise about $106,000 to be able to begin this work. And I can honestly say that uh, we've raised that and a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So just by a letter. Mm-hmm. So. 
And those funds will be used to renovate the convent and keep the basilica open in the evenings? Yeah, so there's a lot that has to go into all this, the renovation of the convent, to be able to open, but we know we need security. We need to, to make sure that we need to be able to heat and cool this place. So nothing's easy. The basilica is beautiful, but it's a big building. Um, to, just to make sure that people are safe and taken care of. And ultimately, the source, it's going to be used to, for the missionary activity that we do here at the Basilica, which is great. And I think it's, my goal is that everything that we do at the Basilica and the, everything that, uh, any sort of funds that we, we get flows from our mission. So that we're doing good work, that we're bringing people into that, we're changing people's lives. And I think that people are willing to give when they see that we're doing good work. How does all this dovetail with Pope Francis's vision for reaching out to other people and going to the peripheries? I think it's exactly what he's asking us to do, and especially exactly what he's asking us priests to do, which is to get our sh- our shoes should be dirty, our hands should be, you know, we we we're not to be kept in a silo. We're to be out. Jesus never spent his time just figuring things out in an office behind a desk. That's important work, and I have to do that too as, as an administrator. But I also need to be out in the streets. You know, Jesus works through all of us. And so we need to be personally encountering people. We need to be personally sharing our own stories and listening to the stories of others, being able to offer advice, to be able to offer people hope, to be able to offer people solutions. When we can do that, other times it's just a matter of walking with people. Last night was pouring down rain and I was coming out of the Catholic Center after teaching RCIA in the evening and there was a, a woman who was walking with a walker and it was she was drenched and so we walked together with an umbrella to her home and she was just so overcome with joy. You know, she gave me a hug. Like that's all it is. Just doing that kind of stuff in the name of the church and in the name of Christ. And I think that that's exactly what Pope Francis wants us to do. What gifts do you think some of the people you encounter may bring to the Basilica itself? I think people have tremendous gifts. There is so much love for Christ. There's so much goodwill in people's hearts that I encounter that every single day. You know, I see so many people who maybe the world thinks of as not having made it. But, you know, these people radiate a joy and a confidence in our Lord that puts me to shame and that puts a lot of others I think also so there's so much to learn so much goodness in people's hearts and when you don't have material things to rely upon you rely upon our Lord and their faith and their hope and their love is tremendous that's those are assets I I was telling my RCA class yesterday we're going to be surprised to see the people that are highest in heaven and that it's not the people that maybe the world considers to be wise or successful but it's people who just depend on our Lord who strive hard every day to love him and to love those around him. I see people on the streets who have nothing and are willing to share the little that they have with somebody else who is in worse shape than them. So their love and the and the charity that people have, the hope and the goodwill, that's what we want in our church. And so I will learn a lot and I do learn a lot and am learning a lot from everybody, whether they're well-to-do in this world or whether they're not. We have about a minute left. Uh, how can people support you in this effort? Well, I think people can support, first of all, by praying for us, by fasting, by offering, you know, just asking the Lord and the Blessed Mother to, to guide our efforts. That nothing, that nothing we're doing is 
as of our own doing, but that only we're being guided by the Holy Spirit. Of course, if people see the good work and they want to help, they can go to our website, which is americasfirstcathedral.org, and under Give, there's the source of all hope. And you can read the vision, you know, and if you choose to give, please, you know, we can use all the help we, we get, but just read the vision, pray for us, maybe offer a little bit of fasting, and just pray for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We are also asking in a special way that the Blessed Mother leads us. So the Holy Spirit is guiding, but I need the Blessed Mother to lead. And so that's, that's what I would ask. Father James Borick, Rector of the Baltimore Basilica, thank you so much for being here on Catholic Baltimore. Thanks, George. I appreciate it. When we return, we'll speak with Mary Ellen Russell, the newly appointed Director of Community Affairs for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. I'm George Matisek. You're listening to Catholic Baltimore. We'll be back in a moment. Catholic news from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Archbishop William E. Lurie released a statement July 30th regarding the accusations of sexual abuse against Archbishop Theodore McCarrick. Archbishop McCarrick resigned from the College of Cardinals July 27th amid a scandal that has alleged the sexual abuse of minors and seminarians. In his statement, Archbishop Lurie commended Pope Francis's reaction to the situation. This is a step in helping eliminate the evil of sexual abuse in our church and in building a culture of accountability and transparency. And I am grateful to the Holy Father for his actions, Archbishop Laurie wrote. We must make clear that we will not tolerate criminal and evil behavior, regardless of the rank and standing of the accused. To read more on this story and Archbishop Laurie's full statement, visit catholicreview.org. As staff canonist in the Metropolitan Tribunal of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, Dominican Father Reginald Witt untangles the twists and turns that bring men and women to the Catholic Center seeking the annulment of a marriage. He had his own circuitous route to full communion with the Catholic Church. Now in the fifth decade of his priesthood, Father Witt finally has an assignment in his hometown. He was raised Baptist in a blue-collar household where the passion for learning was palpable. That drive was honed as one of a handful of black students at what was then Loyola College. God put me in the hands of the Society of Jesus, Father Witt said, so I could become a Catholic. He made that observation before heading to New Orleans, host city of the Joint Conference of the National Black Catholic Clergy Caucus, the National Black Sisters Conference, the National Black Catholic Seminarians Association, and the National Association of Black Deacons. Father Witt was among 50 past and present leaders honored August 1st as exemplars. To read more about Father Witt's story and many more, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, this is Emily Rosenthal. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have the Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice a week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android and follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. 
That's catholicreview.org. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Welcome back to Catholic Baltimore. I'm George Matisek. For more than 20 years, Mary Ellen Russell has worked for the Maryland Catholic Conference in Annapolis, the legislative lobbying arm of Maryland's Catholic bishops. She recently began a new role as the Director of Community Affairs for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. She will oversee outreach to local elected officials, business leaders, clergy, nonprofits, and other community partners. Mary Ellen, thanks for being here on Catholic Baltimore. Thanks for having me, George. Very happy to be here. Could you tell us a little bit about your new role here in in the Archdiocese? Sure, I'd be happy to. I'm still figuring that out a little bit. So, but um, the title of the role is Director of Community Affairs, and um, I have to say at the outset, I think it's um, a real testimony to the commitment of the Archbishop to the city and and to wanting to invest in addressing the issues of the city that they've even created this position. So it's really um, intended to focus on how both within and without the church we can continue to collaborate and build strong partnerships in order to address the the challenges in the city. I think also there's the hope that we can also do more um, to focus on issues out, out in Western Maryland as well. So areas of the archdiocese where there are really significant needs and, you know, we want to bring everything we can to bear toward helping those communities. Are you starting to meet with council members or people in the community? All kinds of people. I, I, my list is very long of people um, I uh, started to meet with and would like to meet with. Certainly building on the contacts that I've developed over the past 20 years or so in Annapolis has been really helpful. Um, A lot of people just really very interested and excited about the fact that the Archdiocese is is putting this focus on the city and, you know, just come to me to say, let's sit down. I want to tell you what we're doing. I want to tell you about this great organization. Um, How can I help you? So certainly developing relationships with the city council and um, the leadership in the city, but also nonprofits, all of the medical institutions, the universities in the city, both Catholic and otherwise, I think will be a really exciting aspect of the job for sure. It sounds like collaboration is a key part of what you're about. It sure is. And I think um, I keep saying, you know, it's not that collaboration isn't going on. There's, I've been so impressed to see the kind of partnerships and collaboration going on in so many neighborhoods of the city and from a wider viewpoint. But for the most part, it's everybody's job to do their own thing, to run their hospital, to run their program, to do this or that. And I think having the freedom to be someone who doesn't have to run a program but can help build strategic partnerships and um, reach out across the various silos that might exist, I think it is part of the the thinking for um, how we can bring even more assistance um, to the needs in the city through, through this position. And you're doing an inventory of services and what's going to grow out of that? Could you talk about that? Well, the hope is that we would like to just sort of get a good fix on the Catholic footprint in Baltimore City because it's extraordinary. Um, We've got Catholic charities, we have Catholic hospitals, we have Catholic universities, we've got parishes, schools, central services. And if we can take a look at all, take an inventory of everything that we're doing together, 
um, make that information very accessible, you know, by category, by geography, hopefully maybe even do something like create an app. So if you encounter somebody on the corner who says, I need a meal, you can just go to the app and look up, well, right two blocks away is um, our daily bread or another program. I mean, and maybe even expand that to a certain extent to organizations outside the church. So trying to do that without letting it become unwieldy certainly is the challenge, but there's some exciting conversations going on about how to put that together and um, build that inventory. We did do a similar project to that at the Catholic Conference called the Catholic Footprint, where we took information in every single legislative district. So it's kind of modeled on that idea. And frankly, a lot of that information has already been collected. So I think it's not simply collecting the information, but then making it accessible um, and, and useful to people. My sense is, you know, so often people, they see a need, they want to help, and they don't know where to turn. And I think that would be the purpose of that kind of a, a database and, and application. Archbishop Lurie has really put a focus on dealing with issues of racism, both the historic legacy of racism and racism today. Are, are you going to look at any of those areas in your work? Yes, I certainly would be. Um, kind of as a follow-through, the conference has been staffing the Racism Task Force, which is a statewide group of people from the three dioceses in Maryland, to look at these issues and come up with some recommendations for how we can collectively take an honest look at our past, address current issues of racism both within and without the church, and you know, not simply put words on paper, but do something very concrete about that. Things simply for a simple start to help facilitate conversations in a safe place in our parishes about racism where people can talk honestly to one another. Um, you know, taking a good look at ourselves and, and how diverse are we as a church and how can we improve on that. Um, so that's been a real commitment. And, you know, I think also where we, again, in Baltimore City, confront every day the effects of institutionalized racism in, in all kinds of areas of our society and how can we work together to, you know, really address those issues. So that will certainly be a focus as well. What's it like for you personally to do this kind of work? What are you looking forward to? I have been so excited to begin this job. It's just, it's a wonderful opportunity at this point in my life after having spent more than two decades in the same kind of work to be able to try something new um, and to be available in a place where there is so much need. I think um, I think we all around the state um, really are, are touched by the, the needs of, of the families in Baltimore City and, and the, the violence that's happening in the city and the suffering that's happening in the city. And I just get the sense so many people really want to do something to help that. And there's, like I said, so much good work going on in the city to address that. And um, I just feel so blessed to be able to be able to be, have one small part in the great work that, that I think is, is going on here to really bring, bring about change. And how can people get in touch with you? I welcome talking to anybody and hearing their ideas and getting their input and helping me to learn more. Um, so I encourage anybody who is interested to please email me. My email is mrussell, two S's and two L's, at archbalt.org. And I will be happy to talk to anybody or get their advice. Mary Ellen Russell, Director of Community Affairs for the Archdiocese of Baltimore, thank you for being our guest on Catholic Baltimore. Thanks for having me, George. Delighted to be here. 
For Catholic Baltimore, I'm George Matisek. We'll see you again next week. For 143 years, New Cathedral Cemetery has served the needs of the Catholic community of Baltimore and Central Maryland. New Cathedral is the only cemetery owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and is the final resting place for many religious orders and famous citizens. 125 acres of rolling hills, trees, and beautiful monuments, the cemetery is an oasis of peace and tranquility and is located off Edmondson Avenue just outside of Catonsville. New Cathedral is dedicated to the task of tending to the mortal remains of our dearly departed and has many more years of available space. If you are in need of a burial site, vault, monument, or marker, or just a respectful location to place your cremated loved ones, our counselors will help you through this process and make sure the wishes of you and your loved ones are honored. Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770. Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks, and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.